0: Welcome to another episode of St. Joseph's Workshop. We invite you to join us today as we discuss the role of influencers in our lives and also reflect on our call to be disciples and influence those around us by sharing the good news with those we encounter.
1: Welcome to St. Joseph's Workshop, building the church at home, a place where faith and family meet.
0: Insight from a priest, a mother, and a whole bunch of others. I'm Emily Lugo.
1: And I'm Father Stephen Ingram. Join us as we enter St. Joseph's Workshop. Yeah, you know, it's this topic of influencers is a big one right now. You know, we see so many people on TikTok, YouTube, and they have sometimes a, a very impressive impact on their audiences, shaping a lot of the ways in which they see the world. But I think a lot of times we forget about those other influencers in our lives you know because to some extent everybody we pay attention to is an influencer for us um, you know because they they can impact us in a variety of different ways you know good or bad you know I, I recently had a wonderful experience of someone coming to you know share some of the the great blessings that they'd had as a result of listening to this podcast. And I realized, wait a minute, at this point, I'm kind of an influencer too. (laughs) It feels very strange. I mean, you know, from the perspective of, you know, my preaching in mass, I expect, you know, there to be some kind of, you know, effect, but, you know, never really kind of focusing on that as, you know, this is something that's doing that too, you know, and recognizing that it's not just, me putting it out there, but it's also me sharing what has been influencing me, too. Um, you know, I, I really get a lot out of, personally, the influence of the church fathers as I'm reading them, you know, in the Liturgy of the Hours during the Office of Readings. There's always a, a reading that's focused on the preaching of the church fathers or some kind of magisterial teaching of the church. And I found that, you know, some of those church fathers are really powerful influencers for me. They're really incredible because, you know, sometimes they speak to exactly where I am, you know, and I think that's really the the key of, you know, unlocking what an influencer really means in our lives. It's someone who shares a message with us that you know, really hits our hearts, draws something out of us, encourages us, or sometimes discourages us, because, you know, we we recognize that our hearts respond to everything that's going on in our lives. And, you know, just the other day, I, I was really struggling with a decision I had to make, and the words of St. Augustine just really spoke to me and helped me realize, you know, my role as a You know, pastor is something that, you know, is not always a fun thing, but it's something that is given by God and is supported by Him. And as long as I keep seeking to do His will, I'm going to get the success that I need, that I desire. And it it really lifted me up when the burden was kind of feeling heavy. And, you know, I, I think that. That's something that that's worth talking about a little more in depth, especially as we look at who is influencing us and how do we choose those people?
0: right you know even the term influencers is something the the concept is not new, but the term to me at least is. I mean we've always had role models, you know people in our lives that we can look up to that we respect, that can really help us um, mold us to be the people you know that we desire to be or that God desires us to be. I think parents, you know, throughout time, and even teens are aware of peer pressure, um, and even just how the influence of our peers and what they think or what they like can influence, you know, our own habits and actions and um, desire to be accepted. Um, So those are not new concepts. But now in our day and age, as you mentioned, there are actual influencers who this is a profession. um, You know, these are people who um, it's a marketing profession, they have the ability to influence people um, for promoting a specific service, a, a way of life, an ideology. Um, they have you know thousands, millions of followers even online. And it's just incredible how they can really um, affect a person's lives and their decisions and their likes and dislikes without even knowing them, without even having a relationship. So I thought... You know, this is something that's really important to talk about. Um, I think each of us are influenced at whatever age and stage, but then also just from a perspective of a parent, are we aware of the influencers in our children's lives? And I think for me, um, you know, this kind of came to light when my kids, we don't have cable or anything like that. So normally we watch Netflix or, you know, some of those other streaming platforms. And um, and then when my kids started to game, you know, they did start to look at even YouTube and like some of the different gamers out there. And I remember the first time I ever heard of Mr. Beast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you, oh, you yeah. know, know who he is. Um, but my children last year at their school were doing um, a service project. And my daughter was explaining that they were doing something that Mr. Beast had talked about because he was going to match funds. And I think the idea was they were to raise money to plant trees. And Mr. Beast had this overall goal from his platform of basically trying to raise awareness um, to do something good for the earth. So this is a good thing. This is a good platform. Um, But I had never heard of Mr. Beast, nor had I realized how all of my children and their teens and their peers knew about him. Um, I think it's someone who started off on social media gaming um, and I guess was doing it maybe for years without really having a big following. But um, as it grew, you know, he kind of became known because he would take this money that he was earning and give it back and do extravagant, crazy things, you know, giving away thousands of dollars on the side of the street, inviting people to come in a store and whatever they could fit in a grocery cart, he would buy for them and, and on and beyond. Um, So it was just interesting to find out like, who is this person? How did you even hear about him? And what kind of influence is he making on your life? And I'm sure that that is across the board with many social media, you know, people out there. Um, And so I think the question today is just kind of looking at, as you mentioned, who are we letting into our lives to influence us and um, what are they putting into us? Are they, are they things that are for good or are they for bad?
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's a powerful thing because, you know, as, as a former engineer, I've still got that technology, you know awareness and desire in in my heart. You know, I like to keep up on what's going on and what new things are out there, how things are developing, because it just it's intriguing. It's exciting at times. And I think we've all got those different draws. And it draws us to people who are excited about the same things that we are. And when we have that connection, it naturally draws us together in, you know, a kind of friendship and one of the challenges with social media is those friendships don't end up being both ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I watch a lot of um, technology YouTube um, in the time that I have to take it in. Um, and one of the big channels um, I've been following for a long time, um, it's almost become a meme at this point, is Linus Tech Tips. Um, and, you know, there are wonderful things that Linus and his group do but I've noticed as I've watched them, you know they're signs that you know they they have really good things in their hearts, but they've also got stuff that they disagree with me on, they disagree with the church on, and most of the time it's totally under the surface, it's totally irrelevant to the topic of technology, but every now and again, there's a little mention of something that's a little off, and it reminds me that even though we have a connection. You know, I feel like I'm, you know, I know Linus and his crew because they've shown a lot of their lives to me. They don't know who I am at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never met them, but they also have a one directional way of communicating with me that influences me. It uh, changes my mind on some things. You know, and so we've got to be paying attention to the good and the bad as we're engaging with people on social media because we want to make sure that we're not overly influenced by people we have no influence on. Right. Because, you know, that's not what a real relationship is. Um, And so we, we have to be very attentive to the kind of media... We're consuming to some extent because that's really what social media is in a lot of situations. When you don't have that two-way communication, it really is just they're broadcasting. They're sending out their message and you're taking it in. And if you're not taking it in critically, if you're not thinking about what they're saying and are just taking it in, you're the one being influenced and you're not influencing them. And so that that really presents a lot of challenges in our world. Um, you see a number of influencers getting big and then a scandal breaks. And it destroys a lot of people along the way. It wrecks their self-image a lot of times because they've gotten so caught up in what their influencer has been about. Um, you, we've seen that in so many different situations and not just with, you know, modern social media, you've seen it with, you know, radio hosts. Um, I mean, there was a big one a number of years ago with, unfortunately, a, a Catholic priest, Father John Carapi, who was a really powerful preacher. And you know, was preaching the teaching of the church in a way that was engaging for millions of people around the U.S. and probably around the world. And then scandal broke out. It, it came out that he was not living the life he was preaching, and it destroyed his ministry. He wasn't able to do you know public ministry anymore, and. The radio stopped playing his teachings, even though they were powerful, wonderful witnesses to the gospel. It's so damaged his message that people weren't open to it anymore. And so we, we see that there are positives and negatives to, you know, the, the influencer role to the media that we engage with. And so we've really got to have, you know, some attention and some critical attention to what we're taking in.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, the fact that it's this one way, um, street of, you know, we're hearing, we're listening to their opinions. We're seeing the way they dress. We're seeing the products they use. Um, but there's no conversation. There's no relationship, you know, and I think for many of us, we're, to some extent, we're aware of our friendships, you know, if they're going to be toxic friendships or if they're positive ones that help to build on our faith and our values, um, and it doesn't mean that we only hang out with people who are ex- exactly like us. But when there are differences, we have that ability in a relationship to communicate with them, to kind of break something open, to to wrestle with it in a, in a good way. Um, you know, maybe you're not going to change their mind. Maybe they won't change your mind, but at least you have that ability to really hold on to, OK, this is what I believe. But when we're just taking it in a lot of times, even without us even knowing it, it is coloring our perspective. I remember when I first started youth ministry many years ago, um, I had a parent session and I actually was talking about the influence of, of, um, Media. I don't know if it was really social media at that time, but music in particular. And I was asking the parents, "Do you know what your children are listening listening to? Are you know? Are you aware? Do you listen to the lyrics?" And I know personally, I'm guilty of that. That you know, if I like the beat or the rhythm, a lot of times I don't even know what they're saying. I just, oh, this is catchy. Um, but at that particular parent meeting, I broke open one of these songs that was you know the top one on the boards, and it was you know, very much (laughs) against the Catholic faith, you know, very sexualized and, you know, um, really lifting up the world of, of drugs and, um, having these sexual relationships, of course, outside of marriage. And so I kind of broke it up with the parents. And then I said, Um, You know, we need to be aware of what our children are listening to, because maybe if they say the same thing, oh, I just like the beat. But really, if that's the type of music you listen to constantly, like those messages are getting into you. um, You know, the type of place that you're in when you're listening to it, it's all going to little by little affect who you are. Um, so we really need to be aware and pay attention to that. And I think even scripture talks to us about, you know, how we can be influenced as human beings, um, whether it be for the good or for the bad. So I don't know if you maybe can break that open a little bit for us.
1: Yeah. You know, it's it's a really powerful thing, you know, recognizing that that term influencer is something that that's newish in our vocabulary, at least the way we've used it. But it, it really has been, you know, a, a dominant effect of people who have caught an audience in the media, in social media or traditional media, because it does allow them to influence so many people. That's why, you know, it, the focus is on building that audience, getting to as many people as you can, because not only does that build your brand, but it also means you're influencing more and more people. And that means you have more and more of an effect on what's going on in the world, on what's going on in people's conversation. And, you know, the media is actually focused on that, especially the media that's focused on profit, you know, because that's where the real profit is. It's from building a large audience that keeps coming back to you time and time and time again. And it may sound a little bit cynical saying this on a podcast, But, you know, you want to look at the reason why people are doing the things that they're doing, especially when it comes to media. Are they doing this just so that they become popular and can, you know, draw in bigger and better sponsors so that they make more money? Or are they doing it to share the message in an authentic way? You know, there's a lot of, you know, critical thinking that, We want to apply to our media. Not only is this content valuable, is it anything that disagrees with, you know, what I believe, what the church teaches, what reality is, but also what's the goal of this media? Is it actually seeking the good of other people or is it selfish focused? And it it can be both in varying degrees. Um, And so we've got to kind of discern for ourselves where is that line where it becomes too much, where it becomes something that's no longer working for my good or the good of others. And, you know, at what point do I need to disconnect from it a little bit? Um, You know, and and that's a, a hard decision to make, especially when we feel like we're connected deeply with some of these people because we've known them for so long. And we've engaged with their community for so long. It can be hard for us to disengage from that. But Jesus tells us that, you know, if something is leading you to sin, you got to cut it off. And, you know, that's figurative and literal. Because sometimes we do need to cut those influencers out of our lives if we recognize that they're not doing good things to our hearts. They're not doing good things, you know maybe in their own lives. And that's one of the hardest things to do, to say, I love this person or I love this you know, community, but for my own good or for the good of others, I need to take a step back. That's a really hard decision to make, but I think it's one that we have to be prepared to make because it's a decision point when it comes down to that, specifically between Jesus or that person that influencer, and whether we're going to let Jesus be the primary influencer in our lives. Because that's really the core of the gospel, the core of being a Christian, a disciple of Christ, is making sure he is our first and foremost influencer. We're paying more attention to what he has to say than what other people have to say.
0: You know, um, and I think it doesn't even have to be something that's so contrary to, to our faith and beliefs, but just have recognizing the fact that, um, you know, our, our likes and our dislikes can be affected by this. And maybe even we can become so wrapped up in it that it kind of consumes us, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in, um, in scripture and one John we find, um, it says, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, sensual lust, enticement for the eyes, and a pretentious life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Yet the world and its enticements are passing away, but whoever does the will of God remains forever. But when I read this, and I guess what I think of too is just, um, at least what I'm aware of with my children, is I think it's a lot of the consumerism and it's kind of the comparison of what I have versus what I don't have. um, That's kind of taking up their life. Like I've talked in the past about my oldest son who um, is a soccer fan and he loves soccer shoes and you know, he'll get online and research and know the greatest and best and he could probably, you know, have commercials for them because he knows all the details up to the, like the stitching and the type of leather or quality of the, the material. Um, So I know this, like we, we kind of joke about it that he's just so, you know, the moment he gets a new pair, he's already looking for the next. Um, but something I didn't realize, or I guess in addition to soccer shoes, are these socks. So it's not even about, you know, that you get a uniform sock when you're, you're a player. But apparently there's something called a grip sock, which in conjunction working with your soccer shoes, you know, could help it. So you have less slippage and, you know, it's this thing. Um, But it's really not uh, to me in my mind. It's not about the function, especially if you have these amazing soccer shoes that you've just purchased. Why would you need these you know, additional Mm -hmm. things? But at his game that I went to recently, which it's, you know, select. And I'm I'm noticing all of a sudden and the other players that they're not even wearing the uniform sock that they're supposed to wear. It's like they actually have their shoe on and then they have this grip sock that you can see. And then above that, there's like this gap is the sock because, The refs will check it. And if you're not in compliance with the league, you know, everything. So it almost becomes this fashion statement. Like Mm -hmm. I want everyone to see, I'm not just going to cover it up. I want them to see that I have that. So again, I don't know that that in and of itself is not like it's bad, but it's funny because I I started to notice like all the different kids that had it, it's a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, they know, they talk about it. Um, you know, it's wearing the latest and greatest. So what does worry me as a mom Cause I don't want my son to just buy into that consumer world. Mm -hmm. And I don't want him also to feel judged or judge others, you know, by those type of things. And for me, that's one of the things that can happen to you. Um, and even as an adult, you know, I know I love looking online at like homes and the way people decorate, um, you know, everyone on HGTV, they have all these different things. I think people like that, you know, you like to see and dream what could be. And if you follow different people on social media, Studio McGee, you see like what looks so beautiful, But there can become a point where if it starts consuming you and that's all that you're thinking about or if you're comparing, you know, and maybe, you know, you're even feeling bad. You're starting to feel bad because my house doesn't look like this magazine or whatever. I think that's where it becomes dangerous that we need to be aware of those subconscious things that are affecting us where that is not the priority. Um, And so even kind of countering that with, well, what can I listen to or what can I watch that's helping me to build up? You know, what are my values and my virtues and what is the most important in my life?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and that that's one of the the things that social media tends to drap us into more often than not. It's seeing the lives that other people are leading and leading us into a little bit of jealousy, covetousness, you know, because we don't have the exact same life as anybody else and they may be doing things that we would love to do but aren't able to based on where we are but we might also have those same things in reverse if we actually had a conversation with them about it we may be doing things that they would love to do and you know when we're focused so much on the one-way street of what are we taking in you know we forget what are we putting out a lot of times as well. And if we actually, you know, we're more invested in sharing time with the people that we're watching on Facebook or YouTube, you know, we might actually be able to share those experiences with them or experiences like them, you know, because that's ultimately what the warning that God gives us against covetousness is focused on. It's not just on appreciating everything that you have, But also in recognizing that, you know, those things are meant to draw us together. They're meant to be shared in a community rather than simply being our own personal private property. And, you know, it's something that's really missed a lot of times when we're just consuming what we see on the Internet. Because there's that virtuality that means we don't have a fuller connection with what's going on there. Uh, and that's a challenge that the internet presents in a very unique way because we're able to have new experiences that get closer to the real thing, but still aren't quite the real thing. And there's always going to be something missing from that. There's always going to be something lacking. And that often leads us to that same kind of, you know, I wish there were something more. I wish I had that more. Um, and that can dominate us, especially if we're spending a lot of time with that kind of media.
0: You know, recently I was speaking at a, a parent formation meeting and just talking to them about their role as being a primary catechist. And one of the things that I pointed out to them that a lot of times we don't really imagine, I think many people think I'm sending my child to class, you know, it's the church's job to help, you know, form my child and the Catholic teachings of the Catholic church and values and morals. I actually broke it down to them, you know, even though our classes, you know, maybe an hour and a half, but by the time you gather, you do an activity, you get a snack, maybe, and this is a big maybe, maybe they have about an hour's worth of catechesis or, um, or formation during that time. And looking at our calendar, we have about 12 classes each semester. It's pretty much 24 classes, 24 hours worth of formation that we as a church are offering for these young people. Um, And then I kind of further broke it down and said, okay, let's say that you go to mass every week, you fulfill your Sunday obligation, 52 weeks in a year. That's just over, if you're thinking about hours, right? You know, that's just over 52 hours of formation um, in the faith. So really, you're looking at if they go to class and they go to mass every Sunday, that's about three days worth of formation in a year of 365 days. Um, And so how important it is as their role as a parent, because they're with them more, the influence. It doesn't even have to be formal teaching, just and the way that you treat other people and the values that you're portraying. If, you know, do you have patience when you're on the road and you get cut off by another car or, um, you know, are you helping others? And so I was just trying to reinforce to the parents how truly the church has very little time and very little impact on the young people in the grand scheme of things. And it's their role. And and I bring that up because it's the same thing where even as parents, our time is limited. Our children are pretty much in school at least eight hours a day. You know, they're surrounded by teachers. Do we know what they're teaching? Is it just, you know, the curriculum? Are they giving their own opinions? They're surrounded by their friends. Um, So there are all of these other dynamics. And so we really need to do our due diligence to make sure that, you know, our children are surrounded by people who have you know, good faith, good morals who are helping to influence them because all of these people, whether it's on social media, whether it's in person, are impacting them and they're impacting their beliefs. And um, especially for big topics and things in the world, sometimes as parents like we're afraid to just touch it. You know, we don't want to talk about it because maybe we don't feel adequate, but other people are, you know, other people are having those conversations. So it's just so important for us to be aware um, and to make sure that when possible, we're definitely you know, teaching them what we value as a family, how our faith is guiding us. Um, because if we don't say it, they will get it elsewhere.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting to, to see, you know, that everyone we engage with can be an influencer in one way or another. And, you know, the people our kids spend the most time with are, the most powerful influences in their lives. And it's the same for us. The people we spend the most time with tend to influence us the most just because they have more opportunity to influence us. And we identify, you know, ourselves with them more and more. And to some extent that's how we're designed as social human beings because we're meant to come together in one family, one community and to live our lives in that communion with God and one another that is the church. But, you know, that impacts the whole of our lives. It's not just meant to be that thing that we do on Sunday or that thing that our kids learn in religious ed. It's meant to be the, the whole of our lives. And that means that we've got to be particularly careful about who's influencing us. Who are we spending that time with? Who are our kids spending that time with? Because, you know, I, I think we've seen the great damage that that can cause in people's lives when they're not engaging with wholesome sources. We've seen so much evidence that the, the dramatic increase of suicidality among our young children, our young people, our teens and young adults, are a result of not having good connections with real people in their lives. It's a result of them feeling abandoned by a community. And a lot of times the only way to fix that is to put them in connection with people who are going to support them, who are going to be good influencers for them, you know, role models, but also people who will actually have good conversations and show them that they're loved. And I think we've got to be much more intentional, not only about how we're connecting people with those sorts of folks, but how we're also being those. Because if it's about how much time we're spending with other people in terms of how we're influenced, we also have to be mindful of, you know, when we're spending that time, how we're influencing others as well. Because Jesus told us that we're not just meant to receive from him, but we are. As his disciples are a light to the nations, we are the body of Christ. We're his presence going into the world, and so we're called to be those influencers on his behalf, and actually with him in his spirit. And so, when we fo- you know kind of turn the tables on how we can be influencers in our own right, it's something that that engages us with the mission of Christ as we have received from Christ already. And so that, that's a really powerful, powerful transition from recognizing that, one, I need to be careful about what I'm receiving and make sure I'm receiving plenty from Christ so that I can also give in return and be that source of Christ's presence for others.
0: You know, um, you make me think of of something we used to do in youth ministry when we had these mission weeks called Mission Possible. And this would be a week where we would um, basically every day the youth would go out to different service sites to have an experience of serving in the community. And so we would have their team leaders or crew leaders would be driving them to the sites. And one of the things that I used to tell the leaders was um, don't let the kids pick the radio station <laughs> in in inadvertently it would probably be inappropriate but i would give them suggestions for like christian radio stations and i also would make a cd now this was back when you know most cars had cd players that had a mix of like really inspiring christian music that was even about like you know go be the hands and everything else and i would encourage them to just kind of put it out there because that's just like a tiny little way maybe they they wouldn't even be conscious of it but that we are being that influence to those children about hey there is other music that we can listen to, things that are positive. Um, but one, one of the things I wanted to talk about too is just as a parent, I guess from this perspective, how important it is to know your children's friends. And I wanted to just talk about some of the ways that parents can do that. Um, you know, I'm talking about being in a car for this mission trip, but actually in general, you know, if you're in carpools, that is a great way that not only can you get to know the parents of your, your children's friends, but you get to know the kids. Um, you know, I'm the type of parent who likes to talk to, to you know, their peers and, and get to know who they are. Um, but even just driving, sometimes they forget because you're not very cool. They forget you're in the car and they just start talking to one another. But you can kind of get a sense of what's going on in their lives. Um and I think it's good. It's good to hear, like, what are they talking about? Are these positive things? You know, are there any red flags that you need to know about? Um, and recently, with my older son who's in high school, I got to know one of the parents of another student who is on his cross-country team. And for me, she's modeling what youth ministry is, but in a public setting out of school. She's like that mom that all the kids know. She always goes to all of the practices. You know, she'll bring a cooler of water and Gatorade. Um, you know, she's always making sure they have snacks if they need snacks. She's just there, and she's not imposing, but, like, the kids know her. They love her. They're like the second mom, and I really respect that because, you know, I think what she's doing um, is getting to know the other kids, making that positive influence, also letting the other kids know, you know, like, who she is, which, of course, her values are going to spill over to her child, um, kind of creating that safe zone. So I really encourage parents in general just to get to know that the friends that their kids are with, especially as they start getting older. I think when they're little, it's easy to know the kids. Um, but the older they are like somehow like staying connected to them. Um, and also hand in hand with that is knowing the parents. And to me, this is something that's so important. And, um, I learned whenever my very first child went to preschool, the teacher at the time actually made it, she was very intentional about introducing the parents to one another. You know, as you would drop off, Hey, have you met so-and-so? This is so-and-so's mom. And she really helped to create that community for us, which especially as, you know, leaving your child for the first time, it was good to know that there are other people on the same boat, but that helped us as our kids, you know, grew older, we still had this network and framework. So I think Just for parents, um, I would encourage you to do that. And you don't have to have preschool children if your children are older. You can be that house that the kids want to come to. You know, host, you know, the, the pizza night or the pool party or something. Like, have them come. Because I think just the more not only that you know them and you can see what's going on, what influencers are being had going back to what you said, Father, you can also be that influence. You know, you could be the cool parent, but you're not the one who's offering alcohol. You know, you're offering them, you know, this support, this encouragement. You're showing them the values that you have. So I just think that that's really important for people to be aware of um, is getting to know the communities that your children are a part of and making sure that you're setting, you know, the standard for what you want and what you expect.
1: Yeah, and, and that's a, a very powerful way to be a witness You know, I'm thinking of a a couple of my friends uh, from Prince of Peace, uh, Jim and Michelle. They were that family for their kids and their kids' friends, so much so that their kids' friends would come and hang out and really experience the witness of the gospel, really experience what Christian life is all about, so much so that. They got their kids friends interested in the Catholic Church and they actually became Catholic as a result of living that common life with their friends their friends parents who were you know essentially their first catechists in the Catholic Church and when we really live that life of being influenced by Christ so that we can be influencers for Christ that bears fruit in the lives of those we touch, whether we see it directly like that or whether we don't. Because a lot of times just being that witness can sow the seed that bears fruit much later in a child's life or in even an adult's life. We see that when we are those influencers, we may not always know it because we don't necessarily get the notoriety that social media influencers do. But in every moment that we are with other people. We are influencers for them in one way or another, because by our actions, by our words, we are showing what a Christian really is, or maybe we're not showing it so well. Right. So we, we need to be paying attention to how are we being those influencers for good or ill. And when we're doing it well, we thank God for that grace. And when we're not, we ask God for more grace because we really want to always be those good influencers, those influencers who are filled with the spirit of Christ.
0: You know, Father, you know, I know as a parent, it's easy to focus on, you know, our children, they're still developing and you Mm -hmm. want to make sure that, you know, they're formed well. But I'm also thinking about, you know, adults who, you know, even for their own selves, um, you know, how are we're, we're continuously, being changed, right? Like I know like many people who maybe when they're in college, there are one political party and they're really gung ho about it. And then maybe as they grow and they get a job and like life changes a little bit, that may change. Um, so I'm just wondering, like, what kind of advice could you give even to adults about checking, you know, who are the influences are in their life or, um, ensuring that they're surrounded by people who are really helping them to grow as disciples and not contrary to our faith.
1: Yeah, you know, I I think a lot of that comes down to taking time for self-reflection, seeing, you know, am I actually making progress in virtue? Am I, you know, moving away from sin? You know, and it's one thing, you know, to try and build up a habit of it daily, but a lot of times that can feel overwhelming. And so, you know, doing kind of, you know, a monthly or quarterly check-in, how did that time go? you know, did I really do things well or do I need to readjust how things are going? Um, you know, and and I think not just ignoring the little markers along the way too is a big, uh, a big deal because, you know, like I mentioned with, um, you know, watching Linus Tech Tips, there are some really good things that he shares, but there are also little things along the way where, This is evidence that I shouldn't put all my stock in him. I should be hesitant as I'm watching and enjoying his content. I shouldn't let it, you know, touch the deepest parts of my soul because there are these signs that something's a little bit off here. And I think the more we pay attention to that, the easier it gets to discern that well because we learn how is this influencing my heart? How is this moving my soul, my desires? And it, it takes a while to build up that sense, but we've got to devote ourselves to doing that. We've got to put it into practice. And as we practice it more and more, we get better and better, just like any skill. Our own interior discernment is a skill that we've got to spend time developing.
0: Yeah, I, I really like that um... That perspective, you know, taking the time to examine and reflect on, you know, the movements in our life. And it makes me think of a friend I have. um, Again, maybe just to put it out, um, and what I'm trying to get at is we can't live in a bubble either. So I have a friend who I remember there was a time where she was going through a hard time in her marriage. And just from her work and all of her coworkers, that was her natural community. She was around them most of the time. And she had shared with me how whenever she started to talk about the different issues that she was having in her marriage, the advice that she was getting from her coworkers at the time was very much like I would say negative from my point of view of faith, you know, it was like, you deserve better than that. You don't need to take that. You need to leave him, get a divorce. And that's all she was hearing, you know, and then she would, you know, come to me or come to, you know, this faith group that we had at the time. And of course the advice we were giving was very different. You know, it was okay, how can we work through these problems? You know, how can you seek the help that you need both of you to be able to communicate more effectively? You know, how can we try to, you know, save this marriage, um, you know, and, and bring it to where God wants it to be. He doesn't want you to be in a place where, you know, it's bad when you, when you both are upset and frustrated and sad, but it was completely different. And I think for many people, you know, if you don't stop to reflect, you know, you might just naturally, you're hearing this, like, this is my community, my coworkers, my, maybe my family, even, you know, what are they telling me? Is it really, is it contrary to my faith and my values or is it supporting it? And not to say that you would just get rid of those friends. I mean, even in the coworker situation, you can't. But maybe you learn, okay, when it comes to these type of situations that are, you know, really important about, you know, my faith or my values, my marriage, maybe I just won't share that with them. You know, maybe I need to go and talk to this other group of people. We can talk about other things. Um But, and I, maybe I can even be a light to them in our conversations, but if I know that maybe what they're saying is not building up my relationship with the Lord, then maybe I need to have those conversations with people who can really support it. So I do think being aware of those movements is important. And then also seeking out those communities that you can feel comfortable with, you know, who can I go to? And, and maybe that's one of the things that people need to be aware of. If, if you don't have those communities, seek them out in your church, you know, go to a retreat, um, You know, join a a Bible study group, go and volunteer. You know, serve with other people, just to help build up those communities. So you can balance. You know, what am I hearing on this end from the world, uh, and their viewpoint in society standards versus people who could help support what the church teaches.
1: Yeah, you know, and that that intentional engagement with a community within the church is a very powerful thing. Um, You know, I've been reflecting recently on uh, a number of influencers in my own life, unfortunately, as they've been approaching death. Um, You know, my middle school youth minister um, passed away earlier this year, um, along with another member of the parish that I grew up with who were both very influential in my childhood. Um, And as I was reflecting on it, getting to know them, oddly, a little bit better in the months before their passing. Um, You know, I discovered something that I'd never heard before, that both of them, even though they were in different communities and ended up in the same one later in life, they'd both been engaged with small groups in their parish. One was focused on, you know, the charismatic renewal, another was just you know, seeking support from the local community. And they built up these marvelous friendships based on the faith that sustained them for the rest of their lives. And it was just astonishing to me that some of the most powerful witnesses of the faith to me when I was a kid were people who were serious about developing that circle of influence for their lives so that they could get that influence of the Spirit from people who are filled with the Spirit. And if we don't have that in our lives, our faith is going to be much less resilient because we're as we're going out into the world and surrounded by all these different forms of media trying to influence us, we've got to be very intentional about making sure we're influenced by the thing that matters most, the Spirit of God. And so seeking out those communities to help you with it is a wonderful thing. It's not a sign that I'm not as strong in the faith as I should be, because to some extent, none of us are. We've all got work to do. We've all got ways in which we need to grow. And being part of an intentional community of faith is one of the best ways to receive that support that we need in order to live a life of faith in a world that oftentimes is against us in one way or another.
0: Yep. I agree. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's just about time for our tools. So I'm just going to repeat a few that I think are really um, worthwhile for our listeners to think about this week. So tool number one is pay attention to social media um, influencers. Um that you and your children follow and just take some time to reflect on if they're making a positive impact or negative one. And if it is a negative one, maybe look for some alternative ones that can offer you the support that you need in your faith journey. And then my tool number two is be intentional to get to know your children's friends, whatever that may be, volunteer, take time to talk to them, make sure you're aware of the people who are in the lives of your, of your loved ones. And also um, tool number three that goes hand in hand is get to know their parents, you know, invite the families of your children's friends over um, host an event and just make sure you know that community. Father Steven, would you like to add any final tools?
1: Um, yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, we mentioned finding a small group community within your parish, um, whether that be here at St. Joseph or wherever you happen to be. You know, there there's something powerful about connecting with other people who have a lot of the same kinds of struggles or maybe have been through the same kinds of things that you're going through and getting Their influence as they're being influenced by Christ is such a powerful, powerful thing. I've seen it be really transformative for people's lives, just connecting with other people, whether it be other married couples, other guys, other girls, you know, having people that you can talk about your faith with and, you know, receive support for one, but also sometimes when we need those challenges to receive those too. Because as we engage with the world, we've got to make sure we've got that firm foundation that is the Holy Spirit, and we make sure we're living with the Holy Spirit. Um, And there are lots of ways to do that, but one of the most effective ones is engaging with our brothers and sisters in the faith.
0: Yep, I love that. It takes a village, and we can get all the support that we need, um, especially when it comes to influencing and letting people into our lives that may affect our emotions, our likes, our dislikes, even our moods and attitudes. So um, we definitely encourage all of you to just take some time to reflect it this week um, and make sure that you're seeking that community of people that can really help you be the person that God created you to be.
1: And one extra tool, if you need to refocus your social media usage and you're not ready to cut it off, Find those good sources, especially there's so much good Catholic social media out there. I mean, we've seen Father Mike's Bible in a Year podcast Mm -hmm. just explode. I mean, but Bishop Barron and Word on Fire have been doing great stuff for many, many, many years. You see there's so much good stuff now coming from the Catholic perspective online. And so finding those sources that maybe your friends really like and checking them out Mm -hmm. so that you maybe have something more to talk about on your break at work or, you know, something that enables you to connect with good sources rather than simply going along with what everybody else is into can be very powerful. And you can also find that there are those communities that are really passionate about connecting with Father Mike or Bishop Barron or any number of other Catholic influencers because that's something that can be both engaging community-wise and can be edifying for our life of faith. And so, you know, as we come to a a close on this podcast, we want to pray that we may always live in this community, especially as we are inspired by our patron, St. Joseph. And so we pray, St. Joseph.
0: Pray for us.
1: Head of the Holy Family.
0: Pray for us.
1: Glory of family life.
0: Pray for us.
1: Cornerstone of families. Pray for us. Protector of the Holy Church.
0: Pray for us.
1: O God, who in your inexpressible providence were pleased to choose St. Joseph as spouse of your Most Holy Mother, grant, we pray, that we who revere him as our protector on earth may be worthy of his heavenly intercession who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of St. Joseph's Workshop. Remember, we are all a work in progress, so be sure to tune in next time to gain new tools to help you build the church at home.